0: Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome, I'm Jason McKnight, and glad you're with us. I've got Ben Hendricks with me here in the studio. And uh, last episode, we were a little more crammed because we had Grant Yao with us as well, if you remember that, Ben. And
1: we got rid of him this time.
0: (laughs) We got rid of him while he's taking (laughs) care of his sick wife. But uh, Grant is Grace's church planter in residence, and the three of us had a great conversation about diligence, hard work, good work, doing something and doing it right. Right. And we really did have a, I mean, I was exhausted after that.
1: Absolutely. And we, I like how we had to have Grant in on that one. Cause he's so good at, it. but the rest part, he is terrible at. He doesn't you know? do rest. But so he you and me, out. we, we do this quite well.
0: We know what we're doing. <laughs> so today we go from looking at diligence last time to looking at the flip side of the coin rest this time, not laziness, not procrastination, not uh, putting things off, but Sabbathing, renewing rest. Um, it's, I think going to be a lot more fun than all that sweaty work of exterminators and shoe salesmen. Uh, but just like we learned work is not a result of the fall, neither is rest a result of the fall. Both of these are part of God's plan for us as humans. And so I'm going to guide the conversation, but, uh, you know, we're just going to go back and forth and, and have a good little thought here about what does the world think of rest what does scripture think of rest how do we as christians lean into it so ben let me just start with this you know you can i don't know if you've ever done this maybe you haven't done this but if you've ever sort of binged on uh, like streaming you know netflix or amazon prime or something and and now you're you're six episodes in, <laughs> six episodes in or something and somehow you get up and you don't feel rested mm. And yet the next day you can go out and work hard mowing the lawn and doing something else and sit down for 30 minutes and you can feel like a million bucks. Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah. And I never do that. <laughs> uh, and it is so interesting how much you, how many times you can get, ex, you can do exactly what you plan to do or wanted to do, hmm. uh, in that kind of realm on the binge on Netflix or just playing video games or just watching movies or what, anything like that. And at the end of it, you feel more exhausted. Than you did Mm -hmm. to begin with. You feel like you can you kind of threw away the day, and yeah, to ask why is that? I mean, and I'm not gonna be able to fully answer that, but I think a a large part of it is fundamentally that we have a problem with our understanding of what rest is. Mm. Uh, That kind of even, even as we phrase this, and why the reason why we often jump to these things is because we kind of think of rest as just. At some level, it is a little bit of procrastination. It's playing around with procrastination. It's playing around with a little bit of laziness. And it's all wrapped up in the bow of getting to do what, what I want to do. What I want to do. Because I good. think so much of that is, is again, in this realm of, of so much of our lives is having to do the stuff we have to do. And so rest is based on me, and it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we believe this lie that as long as I get to do what I want to do, it's going to be restful. Mm-hmm. And I I think we'll see this in a little bit that Scripture doesn't show doesn't point to that, mm-hmm. uh, but it gives us a better definition of rest. And and and, I, and we can talk about this in a little bit. But I think the the Scriptures idea uh, and definition of rest is more like stopping and delighting. Hmm. To stop and so so
0: before we go on. So the world's definition is me focused, yeah, and you know just getting to what do what I you know want to do, laziness and procrastination, all those kind of words in there. But like, man, I'm just gonna play the games or watch the whatever, Uh, maybe. But you're saying now scripture. Actually, has a different one. is is a stopping and a delighting, and which delighting is not really me focused. It's something other focused because I'm delighting in something else.
1: Yeah, and then in several places we'll see that, uh, and we can cover them pretty briefly. But we'll see that like a lot of times that's focused in the Lord. So just stop and mm-hmm. delight in Him. I mean, that is where our greatest rest is, and we'll see that in just a second. But to delight is also active. Like it takes intentionality yeah. to delight in something. Even some of the best things that there are, if you do them in a rush, if you eat that amazing food in a rush, if uh, you see them moving, you're not really paying attention or in a rush or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you cannot actually delight in those really good things. Mm-hmm. But to, to to intentionally stop and delight and to enjoy something, believe it or not, can take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And to be able to add to something and to to grow something is why. At some level, like as crazy as this sounds, and I would not have believed this five or 10 years ago, like some of the best rest I've ever had is just simply by doing something that, I, that frustrates the mess out of me, like yard work. Hmm. Like of having to go out there and just be like, oh, I'm like, oh, let me just take a deep breath and just kind of be in this and clean up the leaves and throw away all, the, all this mess and, and mow the yard and do all that stuff. And then at the end, you, you've done something, you, you did your best to stop and delight in that and you accomplish something and there's something really nice about that because i think uh our culture we like we have i think there are two perspectives on rest and the the first one is much of where our culture is and it's that work to rest mentality Hmm. and so rest is and this is all it is it's a reward for our hard work this is the most common outlook this is the one that the majority of us just kind of live our lives in this realm right here and it's the end of the week model the mindset is i've worked hard so i deserve what I want it's that me f- right focus right yeah, yeah. and so it's focused and this sounds bad but it's past and pleasure like I've done that so now I get this and I get the I did that bad thing or that hard thing so now I get this really really good thing mm-hmm. and so those are all those vacation relaxation things like the sitting on the beach being lazy watching TV Netflix sleeps naps doing easy stuff playing video games none of those things are bad things but they don't often give us the rest that we're often looking for but then there's the opposite side which is the rest To work and so I think that's a it's a it's a bit of a shift there which uh and and it's looking at rest as the means to to work so that we it's thinking of the Sunday Saturday Sunday like at the beginning of this week of Sunday getting to and then at the end of it's the first of the week it's a mindset a time to rejuvenate and delight to to go out again it's the focus it's the uh kind of that kickstart that starts you off to be able to to rest and then move into uh just well-being into goodness, and so I, I think we just need for most of us a shift in how we think of rest. What's the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. Why why does God give it to us, and why does it feel so fleeting so often? Mm-hmm.
0: And to transport it from just the concept of rest to the biblical framework of Sabbath. Yeah, and and that's a really helpful in my mind. Like it doesn't necessarily change how my week looks, but it changes how I stop and delight, yeah. which I, which I really appreciate and. And you think of it, right? I mean, it, it is interesting. Not everything can be in the first chapter of Scripture, but Sabbath is. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting thing. Like, right there, at the end of, the, of the, the six days of creation, the seventh day is the Sabbath that God rested. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading through Deuteronomy and the, the Ten Commandments. You know, God gives the Ten Commandments twice. He gives them once in Exodus at Mount Sinai and once yeah. in Deuteronomy. At the end of the 40 years wandering... And the Ten Commandments are the same, and, and almost the text is exactly the same, 40 years apart. Uh, but in Exodus 20, when it says, keep the Sabbath, he roots it in, because in six days God created the earth, and he rested on the seventh. So you guys, my people, you guys rest on the Sabbath, uh, on, the Sabbath on that seventh day. And so he, he roots the Sabbath in the creation act, and in God's mm. character, and, his, and what he's done. Uh, by modeling rest. In Deuteronomy 5, at the end of the 40 years, he says, keep the Sabbath and do no work on it, you nor your donkeys, nor your (laughs) children, nor your workers, nor your slaves, because you were once enslaved in Egypt Hmm. and God brought you out with an outstretched uh, hand, arm and a mighty hand. And so the Sabbath command here is rooted in not creation, but redemption. Yeah. And God Himself delivered them and brought them into rest, and so they need to, by faith, continue to enter into that rest. I think that's great. I, it's, it, you know, just, just this idea of Sabbath because of creation and because of redemption.
1: Yeah, and I think we see it in a couple other places as well, like Matthew 11, 28 to 30, mm, who says, Come to me, one. all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean rest is given. I mean it's clear in the from this passage that rest is given by God and through Jesus. And that I mean that's a good foundational place to where if we're looking for rest, why do we often look into so many other places other than that? Like no, mm-hmm. that's not just saying if you if you're tired, then Make sure you start reading at Genesis and don't don't stop until you're at Revelation. Then you'll be rest-filled. But what it is saying is, of all the places that we can look, why don't we at least start there? Mm-hmm. And then there, there's a couple other places, like Exodus 33, which I think help form our understanding of what rest is. And the, so Exodus 32 is the golden calf. And so God gets angry and tells Moses to leave with the rest of Israel. And yeah. Yeah. obviously Moses is very upset because... It's not just leave to go into the promised land. It's leave to go to the promised land without God. And so Moses and the people mourn. Moses meets with God. Moses pleads, and the Lord says this. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Hmm. Because rest is something that comes from God's presence. It's not just given to him by God. It's about his presence as well. Mm -hmm. It's about being there with God. That's why in uh, some of the busiest, craziest times of our lives, when we're saturated in Scripture, we can still find rest. Like, I mean, just some of the more difficult moments that I'd be willing to bet you, and it's true for you as well, Mm -hmm. that just, I mean, long nights, long days, just rough times, but you were so into Scripture because it was a life and you had to be in it or you weren't sure you were going to be able to breathe, and yet you somehow still find rest in that? Because the presence of the Lord just feels close. So then in Hebrews 3 to 4, and we see it at the beginning and the end of 3 and 4, so Hebrews 3, 6. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence, and our boasting, and our hope. Uh, and then in Hebrews 4.19, so that we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And so it's a place that we enter in belief. Like, this is about our relationship with the Lord. I mean, so much of rest is founded in that focus right there. And so I really do believe, like, the, the, the foundational principle of rest is being able to delight and trust in God. To be able to focus on Him and delight in those things that, and the promises He's made, the promises that He's fulfilled, but also just the places He's called us to and the things that He's given us. It is stopping and delighting. It is so exhausting, I think, to just go through life just by yourself, trying to do it on your own, and and not delighting and stopping in anything, but, also, but always just being in the grind of whether it's work, whether uh, it's as great as family is, but the grind of family, family time as well, of having to make sure everything's good, everything's set up, uh, even vacations and all those things. Like sometimes those great things can still feel like grinds because you're the responsible for them. And to be in it by yourself is, is a very tiring thing. I mean, I remember, uh, just really quickly, uh, a couple of years ago, my, uh, Janessa and I, we went on a vacation with my dad. My dad invited us to go to the beach with him. He says, look, I've got everything taken care of. Now Janessa and I have taken tons of, Trips to the beach and uh, and for some reason they never feel all that tired or that all that restful because I'm sitting there planning everything I'm having to do everything and make sure everything's good because I want it just for her right but when my dad invited us there hmm. there was something so incredibly restful about it because I didn't have to figure out all the decisions I wasn't uh, having to figure out every little thing but I was able to just to sit there and delight in in what was going on because it was it was taken care of for me. I think there's so much rest in just this idea that God, when we're with him, when we're in a relationship with him, when we're in community with him, we are resting under and in him for who he is, as the creator and sustainer of all things. Mm. That's why so much of rest is grounded in Genesis 1. I mean, this is the creative order. This is the way he's made things, and he didn't have to rest. But he set up a principle in that moment to do that for these days, for us today.
0: You know, it's interesting in... um the world of neuroscience, in which I'm not an expert, <laughs> but one of the things that they find is that our brains are wired between two poles, and we need to be in both poles to be healthy at different times. And one of them is is a state of joy, mm. and and that's the word, which is a very biblical word. Yeah. And And the other one is a state of quiet or rest. And if we're always in joy... We kinda lose ourselves because we can't we've gotta be able to like in order to be mature, we've gotta be able to go from from the joy to the rest. Mm. We've got to be able to return to quiet. And that's a really biblical principle. Yeah. Like even in our lives, God says it's not enough for you to be in this in this energetic activity. You also have to need you also have to return to rest.
1: Yeah. We absolutely need moments of, of stopping and delighting, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. again.
0: So let's get practical just for a second. Like what, um, like the Bible talks about Sabbath and it talks about, you know, one day a week. What does that mean for Christians in the 21st century? Like, do we all need to take Saturday off? Do we all need to take Sunday off? What What does, I mean, how do we stop and delight or how do we enter into a new level of, of biblical or godly rest?
1: Yeah. Well, I would appreciate you also answering this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what make what I think makes this question hard is because it's not clear cut. Because there's not some simple thing of of this is the right thing to do because God said do these five things every time you want a Sabbath and then you'll have the best Sabbath of your life, right? But it's at least for Janessa and, and myself, we've had to kind of play around with what Sabbath looks like, and mm-hmm. and it, it can it, it sounds great when you can having a whole day in which you've sanctioned off and you've set apart from everything else. And and you're like, I'm going to do these four things. And again, it's, it's going to be amazing. But also life does get in the way. And so with so much going on, with so much ministry, trying to, and I'm trying to get to practical here, we've had to just have moments where we set them apart intentionally but are willing to let other life decisions bleed into them if they need to. So a couple of things that we do is, uh, we, we have ongoing projects around the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in our yard as well, but also in the house. And we like to get those done on a specific day, usually on Fridays or a Saturday. But we usually choose a Friday as a Sabbath just at the end of uh, kind of, of our quote unquote work week. And we just set that apart to step away from the responsive, like the, the, the specific burdens and responsibilities that come with ministry. And to do something else with that time, because it mm. was what I found for for us is it's not like we're trying to run away or get away from those responsibilities. We just need a breather from them. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, I mean, just so much of uh, like you know the paralysis by analysis, or uh, just being you know tired from making this. It, sometimes it's nice to go look. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint this wall, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be really good for my soul to just stop here and to do this task and to check this thing off. And it's actually just really restful to be able to do that and to ha- also ha- be able to do something with my spouse.
0: Well, and it's not just that it's restful because you, you're probably getting, you might even get a little frustrated sometimes, yeah. painting the wall if you, if you, but the pace and the trust, like you're, you're changing the pace of your life. Like it's, I, I think mm. what Sabbath is, God's call to us to, to change what we do at least one day in seven is that work will not define us. You know, as much as diligence is important, last episode, but work is not going to define us and we're not slaves to yeah. what it takes to allow our, um, our family to live, yeah. you know? And so I think that's the release valve in this principle of, of biblical Sabbath or in this principle of, of, um, Christian rest. And so I don't think it matters when you take it, mm-hmm. when you do it, when you stop and delight. For some people it's going to be tuesday because that's how it works you know for other people it's going to be sunday because that's how you know they work monday to friday and whatever uh but i just think you're carving out a healthy amount of time where you're not defined by your work Hmm. and you're not presumed upon by your work but you're just a person before the lord and your family and friends yeah and i think that's an important distinction so that you can stop and in what God's called you to and who he's made you and who he's given you. Yeah. And and not just that wow I can support our family for another month or or even the worse is the workaholic who's avoiding his family because he's got this dream of making his first million by his 29 or whatever, you know <laughs> whatever it is. Um but it's it's to limit workaholism hmm. and to allow us to be humans because ultimately too much work is dehumanizing. Yeah. And diligence is good, and, and no work is dehumanizing, and too much work is dehumanizing. So diligence plus rest is why we're doing these two back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a trick question. Should we only Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday yeah, or yeah. whatever? But um, the other thing I think with um, with the Jewish, you know, that was their culture— I, I can't imagine they took Sabbath in Egypt. I don't mm. I don't imagine unless, you know, Pharaoh had a, like there was a grandfather clause that, you know, Joseph said, you're going to, the next 400 years, they did it. I, I mean, they just whipped their backs and they got up seven days a week, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but somehow they got the, the Romans to allow them to keep their little Sabbath in the first century. You know, it seemed that way because the Pharisees were always hiding in the grain fields looking at Jesus when he was eating on Sabbath and stuff. <laughs> um, so somehow, but again, it was cultural. Mm. So... When the the culture adheres to this, it's a wonderful thing, but if not, and increasingly our culture is not adhering to a Judeo-Christian outlook, um, we still fight for the way to not define ourselves by our work and the demands placed on us externally, but by the stopping and delighting ratio of one in seven somehow kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It does feel like our culture has started, and it probably has for a long time, but... uh, Started to shift a bit of pushing more and more work, but also in the last couple of years, almost shifting the other way of a work like this working from home mentality where mm-hmm. it just so many people who I know who have jobs where they can work remotely or from anywhere that they really want to. And it's just like, I don't, it, it's just, it's that an interesting true. thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wonder how, um, as people like, where you do, just as you were saying, where you don't want to be defined by your work, but you you can be defined by the lack of it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, what do you think for people like this? Like, what does Sabbath look like uh, even in that situation? I mean, what,
0: you mean for people like working from home? Yeah, it's yeah. a. I think honestly, I think um, it's a it's a hard thing once the BlackBerry came out and everyone's email was already in their yeah. house. You know. Like, everything's blurred. You, you don't have that, that commute home to decompress. For folks who work in the knowledge economy, Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you go somewhere because you have to be somewhere to work, in a factory or in a dentist shop or whatever, you know, yeah. okay, that's one thing. But if you're, if you're always on call and your manager can just email you at any time, that's a bad thing. It's just a hard thing. Um, I, I don't mean it's a bad morally. I just mean it's a, it's a toll. Yeah. on you. And and you have to figure out how best to navigate that so that you don't become consumed by it. Now with with work from home and COVID, it's become even more, oh my goodness, there's no separation from work. Hmm. um, Because, you know, and and they're talking about this, people like the sleep experts are saying, never put your desk in your bedroom because... (laughs) No, your office mm. is also your bedroom and that's why you're having insomnia because you can't, you just, you haven't had a chance to unwind, Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that's what yeah. the like sleep expert in the article I read last week. Uh, but you know, there's something to that. There's something to, uh, on the one hand, an integrated life, but on the other hand, only things that ought to be integrated and sometimes compartments are helpful.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not a wholly brand new thing, right? I mean, cause we, when we talk about like stay-at-home moms, I mean, they're having to figure out this all well, the time. Well, that's it. Yeah.
0: Because what does Sabbath look like to a stay-at-home mom? Yeah, that's a great Genisha. question.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> and it's one that, you know, just with Harper being right at three months old, we, we've been trying to figure out of, and I've been trying to figure out also for her as well, just of how to step in and how to help mm-hmm. uh, and to let her have a moment. I mean, just because even for a mom who is, desperately in love with our daughter right and like there's moments where it's like oh, okay you need to take a step away because I've just like watched this compile up mm-hmm. and just need a moment to just stop and delight because you're getting caught like it's easy to get caught up in just the the brute force of the job
0: well because the meals don't stop the laundry doesn't stop yep. the housework doesn't stop and so how does how does that stay-at-home mom on whose shoulders those things often fall Mm. how do they in any sense get to stop and delight
1: yeah
0: and and we're not saying 24 out of 168 hours like one in seven days and they're allowed you know but just to say where is that really it's the same for the farmer Mm. like the stuff is still there and it's right outside his door what does that mean then what does god's plan for sabbath mean for the stay-at-home mom for the farmer for the business owner who, you know, doesn't not have to deal with the problems just because he leaves yeah. <laughs> or she leaves. Yeah, so these questions, I mean, we, you know, it's not that you and I are solving them here. It's that together, the listening community, yeah, we think that way. And, and husbands and wives or, uh, you know, folks, let's let's think together. What does adding into our lives, this principle of stopping and delighting, what does that look like? Or
1: Yeah, you know, well, I think one thing, to note is that it, for, 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 for a lot of people out there, the idea of Sabbath will take a lot of faith. Yes. And the reason why, and I think a lot of us lose this. And I think with it's us, by like, design. Yeah, absolutely. Like with salary and nine to five, kind of, and you, know, five, you have five days a week, kind of this schedule is, they're already in our cultural framework, we have kind of like a rest mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. tossed in there at that end of the week kind of thing. But for so many people out there, when I think of, I mean, I think of some of our elders, there's so many people in our body who are business owners who, you know, th- their work, is, like, if they drop the ball, if they just check out for just a second, the whole business may go under. And it's not just their family's livelihood. It's the families of everybody works for them. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it only makes sense to feel the, this pressure and go, well, I'm just never going to take a day off. And so to actually have a moment to... S- and a time to set aside and go, no, 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 my work is beginning to find me, or it could soon. I need to set this time aside, just as you were saying, to be human. Mm-hmm. That can take a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've there, there are moments early in my time here where I, that felt true in some ways. It was like, okay, I want to start off on ministry well and start it off right and always be in everybody's life and get to know everybody as quickly as possible. But it's like, you know, it's worth taking that time replenishing to stop and to delight and just not just simply being this vessel to do ministry or for some of our business owners, that business owner or uh, the teacher who always has to get something together or the stay-at-home mom who's always on the clock, but to just stop and delight and to enjoy and to be replenished.
0: Um, Mark Buchanan, who wrote the book The Rest of God, meaning the rest and renewal, not yeah. the the other parts of God we don't know, <laughs> but the rest... good title, though. Yeah, he's a pastor out in Vancouver Island, out in British Columbia. Um, he uses one of my favorite definitions for Sabbath that I love, and I've kind of used this for 15 or 20 years. Sabbathing is where you cease from all your have-tos, and you get to do the get-tos. <laughs> mm-hmm. So no longer all the demands on you, but the things that you love to do, and um i think that's a great way before the lord yeah like not in a worldly sense of it's all about me but in a stop and delight sense what is it you know eric little says when i run i feel his pleasure well i'm not as fast as eric little but i love to run and it renews me Hmm. you know when i go out for a run alone or with friends it just renews me and it's one of those get to's yeah and to me that's a little bit of sabbath while i'm sweating and tired but it's a little bit of renewing Sabbath in uh, any time of the week. Like, it doesn't have to be only on Saturday Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And I actually love, like, you know, I love mowing the lawn. Mm. I, I just love it. Now, I don't have a big lawn, so it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Your lawn is huge,
1: by the way. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot more when we got a riding lawn mower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but about, you know, nine times out of ten, I love mowing it. Uh, you know, mm. one, one in ten I don't. But, um, but for me, that's a get-to. Yeah. And it's not that crazy on a Sunday afternoon after preaching, I'll be out mowing the lawn just because it's just fun.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, I'm not starting a lawn business. <laughs> I don't do everyone else's. But there's just something about it. And then you and then you see it done. But it's it's one of those things that it's like, oh, that's good. That's done. And I enjoy that. And, and it's not hard. I think I like mowing because it doesn't talk back. Oh. <laughs> and there's no problems. <laughs> you just keep moving.
1: But anyway. Um, well, I think that's a really helpful way to just distinguish that because... For anyone listening, I mean, that's something that you can easily, you write down and, uh, write each one of those on separate sides of a sheet of paper, and what are the things yeah. you have to do? Mm-hmm. And that list is probably going to be really long, and it'll be easy to come up with, because these are the things that you have to schedule out, and you make plans for all the time. I mean, that's the work that's getting kids to school, that's getting them to do events, that's cooking, that's all that stuff, right? That's the stuff you have to, or maybe life just doesn't keep moving. But what are the stuff that you get to do? What are those fun things that you want to do? those are the fun ones where, I mean, just as you were saying, like the get to do's that bring Mm -hmm. you life. Because for some of us, we probably, that list may be long, but the ones that we're actually doing might be really short. Mm -hmm. And maybe Mm -hmm. just maybe we can kind of cross off or remove a couple in that left category of the things we have to do just to make space for one or two of the get to do's. And maybe if
0: you are a child with parents home or parents with kids or husband and wife, wife, husband, or boyfriend, girlfriend, or just buddies, you can take a look at your friends get to list and say, how can I help them do that? Hmm. So the stay at home mom, well, maybe I'm cooking dinner. Yeah. Two nights a week, which would be terrible for my family, (laughs) but maybe I'm doing that so that Susan can go for a run, which actually wouldn't renew her at all. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) we'll figure that one out. Uh, That kind of stuff. Well, ceasing from the have-tos and doing the get-tos. That's one way to define Sabbath and rest. Stopping and delighting. I like that. I think that's another great way to define or or lean into. Anytime you can just stop what you have to do and delight Mm. in what God has. And to remember, I do. Like, Ben, you said, Matthew 11, Jesus... um, Jesus saying, Come to me and I will give you rest. It's not a formula. It's not a recipe. It's a person. Mm. And rest comes to us. I think, I hope this is helpful yeah. for folks as we think of diligence and we do want to be honoring to the Lord, but then we also want to be diligent in resting. Yeah. <laughs> honoring to the Lord that way. Is there anything else you want to make sure we don't miss on this parade uh, through resting?
1: I think you just hit it that. You know, diligence often gets the the spotlight. It's the thing to mm-hmm. you really want to be known for and good at. But God cares about your rest just as much, if not more, than your diligence. I mean, he rested when he didn't have to, to set up a foundation for us to rest, right? Mm-hmm. He cares about it. He wants that for you. We need to join in him, even in, when it does take faith, even when it does mean having to put all those things that we probably do need to do, Because it's better for us to do one or two things to get to do that we want to.
0: Yeah.
1: What would it look like if we kind of took that step of faith? Whether, again, whatever jobs we have to go do a get to, Mm -hmm. like we should. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Ben, for uh, engaging this with me. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you guys for listening and for being part of this. Uh, We'll see you back here the next time we come. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.